2: Hello and welcome to Salt Talk Radio. I'm Neil Bradley, my co-host as usual, Joe Quinn. Hi there. And this week, we are going to have a very special guest on. He's actually making his return. Two months ago, we had a first part of our interview with tonight's guest, William Patrick Patterson. And we're going to be getting him online any minute now. In the meantime, I have a quick recap. Mr. Patterson is the founder director of the Gurdjieff Studies Programme and has led groups as well as given seminars and talks throughout the U.S. for many years. He's written nine books on the teaching of Gurdjieff, and directed, written, and narrated the award-winning trilogy video, The Life and Significance of George Ivanovich Gurdjieff. I hope I pronounced that right. And the just-released video, Introduction to Gurdjieff's Fourth Way, From Selves to Individual Self to the Self. His latest book is Georgi Ivanovich Gurdjieff, the man, the teaching, his mission. And once again, the publisher is offering a $10 discount from the regular price of $45 until midnight Pacific time today. So if you haven't got that yet, this is another good chance to check out Mr. Patterson's latest book.
1: Yes, it's a good book. Uh, it's probably... It's a mighty... There there are so many books on Kyrgyz. It's
2: like half a kilo.
1: Yeah, used as a, as a, as a doorstop. Um there's so many books out there on on Gurdjieff. Uh, people might be a bit. People who are new to it might be a bit uh, daunted by uh, or unsure of which one to which one to pick. So um, it's a, probably a good one that kind of tends to group together most of the major kind of details from a lot of the other books by other authors. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people met, studied
2: under Gurdjieff, or knew someone who did, and then they wrote the best of the. The writers among them wrote their own books about their experiences. And then today, Mr. Patterson has taken all of their biographies and put it together into one one resource.
1: Okay. Well, I think we have uh, William on the line right now, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, get him on. Hi, uh, Mr. Patterson. Hello.
2: Hello. Uh, William. Are you there?
1: We we should have him on the line. Um, he should be there. Hello, Mr. Patterson, can you hear us?
2: No, nothing on our end. No? No sound here. Well, we're... Our the show's going out fine. Can our listeners hear us?
1: Yes, absolutely. Everybody's there. And uh, just for some reason, uh, we have his call on the line, but for some reason we have no audio uh, of him right now. I don't know why. Um, maybe our producer can uh, can can sort that out for us or uh, have a chat with uh, William. Oh, we call we call him William. We don't have to be too formal, do we? I think we're on first-person first terms. Yeah, okay. This is our second interview. Uh, uh-huh. yeah well uh, while we while we try to get him on the line I don't know this is the first time we've had this kind of a particular glitch where we actually have the person uh, on the line but there's there's no audio coming through or they're not able to speak for some reason um, hmm. Hmm.
2: maybe he's giving us the silent treatment yeah we're going to try we're going to ask Mr. Patterson questions and imagine how he responded no that won't go that will not do um, stand by and we'll try and get him in the studio with us, virtual studio, any moment. Perhaps if
1: we get them to try and dial back in. Yeah, maybe you could sometimes, try and... Sometimes uh, take two can work. Maybe you could try and hang up and uh, and dial back in, yeah.
2: So, what did we discuss last time? There's only so much you can say about someone as enigmatic and with such an impact on history as George Gurdjieff in the space of an hour. um, We're going to have the same problem again tonight. I think we briefly touched on roughly who the man was, where he was born, the kind of environment he grew up in, what motivated him to begin this quest for
1: Hi, uh, Let me just check again. William, are you there? No. So... uh uh for some reason i don't know i don't know why um uh, we're going to try and get him maybe a call back in and uh in get. Hello? hello hi hello? is that William yes hi finally we got you hey hello, hello. hello there
0: okay great <laughs> welcome
2: you're in you're on Sat Talk Radio and you, you sound okay. clear to us are, are we coming through good for you
0: yeah uh that's fine
2: excellent Great. It's good to have you back. Um, It's been a couple of months. Time flies. Right. Uh, I was just uh, trying to recap for our listeners um, how much we managed to cover last time about uh, the early life and initial quest of Gurdjieff. Um, Of course, we would have discussed also his teaching and the various schools he set up. And well, in the interim, I've, I've read some, a lot more of your book and your latest book, The, the Man, the Mission, The Man, right. the Teaching and His Mission.
0: 648 and pages, right?
2: <laughs> it's, it's mighty. Well, you've, you, like, I think we said this earlier. You've done a great service because you have um, – it's, it's such a valuable resource because there are so many different biographies written by people. Some of them became well-known, others didn't. About Gurdjieff, about his schools, some stuff about his, his earlier life, but it's great to have it synthesized in one place. And another really useful feature is that you have put it next to a historical timeline of events that were happening in the world in parallel. So with each development, I like how you've got, well, in this month in 1922, Hitler formed his new party. For example, there's no direct relation to what's going on in in Gurdjieff's life or in the life of his students, but you do see this this kind of pattern side by side of what's taking place in Europe. Um, just on that point, um, I, I'm sure. I mean, these are just the, the way that history seems to unfold. But d- did you find it as striking as I did that? Gurdjieff's attempts to set up his first, his initial schools in Moscow, and then later in southern Russia, were were kind of, to put it mildly, severely hampered by the unfolding crisis taking place in Russia, the revolution. And then later on, it's almost like the similar thing was happening that meant he couldn't start his school in Germany because oh, right. of similar. Conditions coming online. Isn't that strange? It's almost like history was chasing Gurdjieff.
0: (laughs) Well, remember, his intent from the beginning was to bring the teaching to the West. And he thought at that time, that was uh, uh, 1911, that Russia would be the best place for that uh, because uh, he spoke Russian to a degree and uh, knew the culture. So that's why he went to Russia but uh, then the revolution happened, and so then he went down to Essentuki, and uh, then uh, uh, things got very bad between the Red and the White Armies, and so he led his people over the Caucasus to Tiflis, and uh, they promised him a house for his institute there, but uh, they had difficulty coming through with that, and there were a lot of laws and so forth. And so he finally went to uh, Constantinople. He arrived there in uh, July 1920. And that's when Ataturk was coming to power and uh, secularizing uh, Turkey. And so then he left in uh, August 1921 and went to Germany and and, then England and finally France and in september 1922 he was able to establish his institute at the prairie uh in avon about 44 miles uh northeast of paris
2: uh huh and um, when he gets to germany he's it looks like it's almost good to go i think they've found a location everything's looking in order but he's not given a visa and then very soon after the same thing happens in london right there's right. something, uh, maybe I don't want to read more into it than there might be, but uh, he he's helped significantly by some pretty well connected people in London. Uh, right. And before him, so is Uspensky, who's who in London of his own accord. And then uh, at the last minute, the British Home Office didn't come through with a visa form. And did they explicitly say? Or was it, uh, people were led to believe that the reason for this was that he was a suspected Russian agent?
0: That's right, right. There was an agent uh, by the name of Dorjev in Tibet, and uh, he was associated with that uh, person, but he doesn't look like him at all. It was completely erroneous. However, Gurdjieff wasn't Tibet, so there are certain correspondences. But that he was a secret agent, um, there's no proof of that at all. Okay. But it is a mistaken continuing rumour.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's it's not hard to see why. But, yeah, I mean, it, it could be mistaken identity. Or it could, it could be that they did have some awareness of activities of this. Who's this guy running around Central Asia? What's he up to? Because, of course, the British would have had their own spies, in their oh, time, so right. somebody from way over there meeting this Dalai Lama and now this other going to this place, yeah, they probably did take an interest mm-hmm. in people. Um, so, his school is set up and it's set up in Paris at this point and he's got, he's got from the get-go, he's got a lot, quite a lot of famous people who are Really interested. Um, this this was the first thing that surprised me. I mean, when I'm thinking back, eighty well, not eighty, about seventy years ago, no, it was seventy eighty years ago, there wasn't the same kind of ease of communication that we have today. And I'm I'm trying to think what in what way could the ground have been set for these intelligentsia in London in particular? Because I think a lot of his first students, if they didn't follow him from the east. His, his, his the, the newly attracted people seem to have come from London that's right what What was it that interested I mean Gurdjieff himself didn't speak English he had no way really of explaining his ideas to them
0: well, do, do, you, do you understand the, the attraction
2: war, for them uh-huh.
0: the first world war the war to end all wars had just uh, occurred right and Gurdjieff uh, was there now uh, in 1921 just a few years after the end of the war. And people were very um, dejected, and demoralized, in question about what was going on. And I think that really opened them up to what Gurdjieff was saying, that we're leading a life that's in a trance, that we're all mechanical, that we're not truly awake, although we're maybe highly functional. And uh, we do not have a soul. We have to create one. And can you be in the body? Look where you are right now. You're listening to me from the head. Where is the body, he would say. And uh, he challenged people, and they were ready to be challenged because I think the, the belief in uh, the world as I knew it had uh, either been shattered or at least uh, put in question. And uh, more or less, in a way, like it's coming to be now with technology and these resulting wars that keep going on.
1: Yeah, it was um, – I think the – you could almost say that the, the time period that Gurdjieff lived in was ideal for for spreading his, his teaching because, as you just said, people were, were asking without that kind of the destruction of the, of the First World War and then the Second World War and the, the massive suffering caused, particularly you know, people in, in Europe – and elsewhere, but particularly in Europe, as far as he's concerned, it um, it allowed them to question. I, I often wonder if if there hadn't been such wars, would his teachings even um, if there hadn't been those conditions at the time, would his teachings even have have found any kind of fertile ground among anybody? You know,
0: I think you have a point there. Unfortunately, we, we don't need wars. We can't have another one, certainly. But it does open people up to questioning: what is their life about? Where is it all Mm. going? Um, Haraj said that he he recognized that his intellectual life was leading no place. And that's why he was looking for something else. But he didn't know what he was looking for. And then Gurdjieff showed up. And he recognized what Gurdjieff uh, was in himself and the teaching that Gurdjieff was bringing, which he had never heard before. And he had studied Nietzsche and uh, theosophy and so forth and so on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Go
2: ahead. Uh, it's it's a tantalising question because if here we are eighty years later, and you, we might suggest that the similar the similar creation of conditions. Um, That's right. Where we're in this supposed endless war against terror, and it has all kinds of horrendous manifestation for people all the way over there, and people around us. Here, living in the safety of the quote-unquote safety of the West, um, it's like it opens up all kinds of questions. Like, how often does this happen? Who was before Gurdjieff? Or as was kind of suggested by him, or people who were meeting him for the first time, mm-hmm. somebody said that no, there hasn't been someone like this since Jesus. Or I think it was Orage, in his excitement, exclaimed that no, this is this is the man. This, like since Jesus Christ, there's been no one since then until Gurdjieff.
3: Or Arash to the contrary... called him
0: a solar god. Yeah. Raj yeah. called him a solar god. Uh, but, you know, if you look at those times, uh, in 1890, uh, Vivekananda came to the West, uh, to America. Uh, he was bringing Vedanta. In 1920, Yogananda came and he was bringing the idea of self-realization. In Krishna uh-huh. uh, Krishnamurti came, uh, choiceless awareness, the observer is the observed. And then Gurdjieff comes to America in 1924 and says, you are all mechanical, you're asleep, you can't do, you have no free will, etc., so, Vivekananda, um, uh, Yogananda, and Krishnamurti were right, but they were talking about what you could become. Gurdjieff was talking about where you are right now.
2: They were bringing the good news. He was bringing the bad news.
0: Well, he, he was bringing the real news. <laughs>
2: the real news. <laughs> I know, I put bad in quotes. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. But uh I mean, yeah
4: that's it's, interesting. A, it's a shock uh you know, mm-hmm. and
0: no, nobody wants yeah. to hear they're asleep. I'm sure even uh our listeners now don't want to hear that they're asleep, that they have no mm-hmm. free will uh that are in a slant a trance and mechanical, but all they have to do is ver- to verify this is for example, where are you listening to this show from right now in your body? you're almost every one of you in your head. You're listening from the head, not the whole body. Well, where is the body? You don't know until I say that, and suddenly you have a recognition of the body. So usually we only have a recognition and awareness of the body when there is uh, starvation or need for food, desire, lust, what have you. And as soon as that is taken care of, we're back up into the head and What are we doing in the head? Mm -hmm. We're talking to ourselves. About who? About ourselves. Mm -hmm. So those are uh, are the facts uh, of everybody's life, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. As I say, some people are highly functional. They have a strong mental capability or emotional or instinctual. But uh, nevertheless, it is all based in egotism and uh, therefore not in real self-awareness. Though it could be, and that 's why this teaching and others have come to really awaken people up
1: yeah it's it, um i mean again that as i was saying, b- saying before uh, it if, effectively is it's about suffering that uh, provides an opportunity for people to really uh, be open to the ideas that uh, Gurdjieff disseminated and um you know, to be in that position, for example, during, during war, wartime. Well, my,
0: my thought is that he wrote his uh, magnum opus, all on everything, the three series of books and hurled it into the future. He began writing in 1924, December. And I think he was writing it for our time, uh, right. because he said, uh, Unless the uh, wisdom of the East and the energy of the West uh, is harnessed and used harmoniously, the world will destroy itself. And look how close we are with this Ukrainian thing. Uh, Putin, who uh, Hillary Clinton called Hitler, I thought at first she might uh, be over the top, but one wonders what's going on. Uh, He seems to be really pushing the limits. And uh, we're in a very dangerous situation.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I I presume by that that you mean that um, when Gurdjieff said that uh, unless the wisdom of the East and the energy of the West meet uh, and are used harmoniously, the world will destroy itself. I assume you you understand that that hasn't happened.
4: Ah, uh, right. <laughs> but and it sure and I mean,
1: well, I mean, I mean, the wisdom of the East and the energy of the West have not. Met and are not being used harmoniously, and therefore, if Gurjeff was right, uh, we all could be looking at a some level of, um, you know, global destruction. I suppose in some, in some form or other, maybe another world war, like like you're saying. And of course, the, the 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 irony of that, I suppose, is that it would provide conditions where a lot more people might be uh, picking up your book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a way to sell a book, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pretty good one, though. <laughs> well, I think I think the difficulty is that when we look at the history of mankind, uh, we see war, 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 periods of peace, but basically war. And now we've come to a place where we have these weapons that if there is another war, there's going to be no one who wins. So we can't have a war. And uh, But our history, our thinking, our division, our egotism, is such that it pushes us towards conflict. Uh, the conflict should be within myself, not within other people. Uh, there's something in me that just wants to go to sleep, make things comfortable, so forth and so on. I need to struggle against that. That's the real conflict. And as I do, I stop projecting the conflicts out on other people. I see it's all projection, basically. And so I right. can refrain then from war, quote-unquote. And hopefully we're going to get there.
2: Right. And that, that is what most people always do. I mean, they project it out onto the external world. All the blame is there. Um, the salvation is also out there. And Gurdjieff set sure. about to show people, no, it's the opposite. I mean, it's a monumental undertaking. What change everyone one by one and then what? Well we
0: don't have to change uh, everyone one by one I mean 6 billion people would be rather hard to change but uh, if there are Gurdjieff said uh, there were 15 people who were were awake in his time and he believed uh, those people and others who came to become an individual not totally awake as the uh, Hindus are talking about it uh, Sahaja Samadhi But being an individual, being responsible for what I do and say and so forth, that's possible for everyone. And the more people who come to that and get disabused of uh, the um, carrots of the world and uh, the false governments and realize we can't have another war and begin to work towards that, uh, that's our real possibility. But first I have to work on myself. I can't work on that outside. I have to work on myself inside.
3: Hmm. Yeah. It's
2: it just seems so so far away from where we're at, but nevertheless, the his what he was saying struck a chord with people. No, go on.
0: It's it's not far away from where we're at. It's right here, right now. All I have is time I don't know how much time I have but obviously I'm still living but I have energy and I have attention now what do I do with my energy and my attention I usually give it to my interests, distractions so forth and so on wonder if I gave my interest my attention energy to myself wonder if I redirect the attention out of the head brain where I'm usually living into the body so that I have a body. The, the most amazing thing is that while we all ha- look to have a body, we have no real awareness of the body. And as we have an awareness of the body by redirecting the attention, we begin to uh, recognize that we have more than one center. Yes, there's a mental center, but there's the emotional center and the instinctual center. And as we direct the attention into the body and become more embodied, these three centers become connected. So when there's a question of what to do, either the three centers agree or there's disagreement. And if there's disagreement, then you listen to it and uh, you come to a a solution of what to do rather than just acting all the time or being acted upon. Uh, For example,
4: uh, with
0: our listeners, How many people actually consciously sat down in their chair or on their sofa? Weren't they put down? And when they move, aren't they moved? We can all verify this, that we're not using our energy and our attention rightly. But if we did, we could become true individuals and become awake and responsible for our actions. And so if I have a problem with another person, as Gurdjieff says, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. So you come to conscience, you begin to awaken, and you recognize the obvious fact, we cannot have another war. That will be the end of humanity, or most of
4: humanity.
1: Uh Uh-huh. But don't you think it's true that the vast majority of ordinary people don't want war and have never wanted war?
0: Oh, Definitely. So where does it come from? And Well, but what happens when there is war? I mean, the uh, stories of uh, people uh, in what used to be Yugoslavia just going next door and killing their neighbor who they just had uh, uh, dinner with the night before or over in the Middle East. Uh, There's that part, that instinctual part of everyone, uh, that animal. Uh, who's very strong, but is animalistic. We don't want to destroy the animal, but we want to tame it. And we only can tame it by knowing ourselves, by controlling ourselves. So there is that impulse to war in everybody. But of course, the leaders of the various uh, groups or governments, uh, they bring their idea of competition and so forth uh, to bear on that level. And it's a good way to distract people, you know, from their um, misbehavior by creating war. I mean, that's mm. what happened here, uh, interestingly enough, uh, in America, where you saw with uh, Bush going down, uh, and um, what's the name of the the country? I forgot. <laughs> huh? Iraq? No, no, no. It's 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 just below. Well, I, I was speaking about his father. Ah. um, I can't think of the the name now. But anyway, there was there. Then there was an island uh, in the Caribbean that we invaded. And of course, then with uh, Bush 45, (laughs) Bush 45, he's going to bring bring democracy to the Middle East. And of course, Mm -hmm. what that was, was he was, from their point of view, and it was true trying to destroy their religion. And that's where we are now. I mean, the people in the Middle East, basically, because the governments are so corrupt there, all they have is their religion. And here we come with our supposed uh, democracy, which is really democratic capitalism, uh, which is money, money, money. As Gurdjieff said, uh, America is just interested in making money uh that's an, our unconscious interest.
2: Mhm. Yeah, he was kind of unforgiving of his <laughs> characterization of the US when he was there. Right. Uh, right. nevertheless, I mean it it attracted many people from the west. Um he didn't comment much it seemed on the on the politics of the day, but when he did he just said it like you have a line in your book. Where he just says Marxism is satanic, right. and then just moves on to the next topic.
0: Right, but, right, exactly.
3: I, do, well, we, do you weren't, think he we was...
0: weren't very near we weren't very near war when he came, and of course, war didn't really start to emerge in, uh, until 1939. Um, yeah. he did make some comments to Fritz Peters about uh, when he knocked on his door in '46. How do you feel about your America now? After we had uh, uh, bombed Japan, right? Because uh-huh. America, like all of us, you know, we're very patriotic. We're brought up to be that way, but here we just uh, put a nuclear bomb into Japan, right? And what goes around comes around. We didn't have to do that. Yeah, no, we did it, and we're stuck with it. And uh, yeah, so I'm only bringing this up now because I think he threw the teaching into the future which is uh, from 1924 on, and the future now is now for this teaching. This is the right time for this teaching, because not only is the uh, prospect of war something we have to deal with, but even more immediate is technology, which is doing what? Taking everybody's time, interest, uh, abstracting them, uh, making things just information. People talk about things, but they've never experienced them. Like we talk about being in the body, but how many times have we been in the body? And Can we sustain that? Can I divide my attention between the body and my environment? Right, I can, but I have to know how to do it. And I need a teacher and a teaching to be able to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So... Okay, yeah. And in, in, in terms of a teacher being necessary, uh, obviously Gurdjieff was a teacher of a relatively small number of people, and um, you today, I think, are you have uh, kind of groups that you that you lead as well. Um, I, I assume it's relatively small number of people as well. I mean, this is um, it's been quite a long time since uh, Gurdjieff te- Gurdjieff teachings have been available to many people uh, in, in, in many different languages um, but there seems to be very few teachers or very few people really taking up the work so I mean it doesn't really augur well for for the spread the wide the, the wide dissemination of the teaching or am I wrong?
0: Well of course you know um, Gurdjieff's fourth way teaching is not the only authentic teaching there there is other teachings right um I'm not talking about the New Age concoctions, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, like uh, Yogananda, uh, Vivekananda, um, uh, Krishnamurti, although Krishnamurti is very difficult, I think, uh, to uh, get into. It's very mental. Uh, For my um, attraction, I wanted to verify everything. I I wanted a teaching of a more rational kind, uh, just as Spinsky said he did and uh that is what the guru of teaching is but there are people you know we've got 16 million people now doing yoga in the united states yes uh it's basically uh just one up above exercise but at least it's uh, relaxing them bringing them into the body what have you uh i do think we have um you know people who are really religious uh Judaism, Christianity, uh, Muslims, what have you. And uh, those who are very serious, I think, are all recognizing we can't have another war. And um, I think just as we see now with Ferguson in the United States, uh, with this uh, black-white thing, we're going to see, uh, as this continues with Mr. Putin, I think he's going to do us a a, a great uh, service. People from all uh, teachings, etc., are going to get together and really proclamate the idea we cannot have another war. Right? Um,
1: Yeah. Um, Just in terms of uh, teaching, I'm wondering in terms of if there's a possibility to. For people who come across Gurdjieff's work but aren't necessarily able or inclined to find a specific teacher, uh, do you think it's possible that um, a group of people, assuming they were or providing they were furnished with the, with the information that Gurdjieff taught, if a group of like minded people, for example, if if they themselves could be could act as a kind of a surrogate teacher in terms of the kind of feedback, you know, uh, and I'm talking, you know, about a relatively a uh, large group of people you know um, do you think the, a teacher is absolutely necessary or do you think a uh, a group of people all, all on the same page so to speak would be able to fulfill that, that role
0: well here's the, here's the difficulty that I am not an individual that I am not one eye means what it says in the bible man's name is legion I am many yeah. eyes just not one so there may be one eye that doesn't want war or wants to wake up or what have you, but that's just an eye. Uh, that's someone with a healthy magnetic center. But there's all these eyes, and uh, they're all based in self-love and uh, vanity. So mm-hmm. that uh, a teacher is absolutely necessary, I think, and um, Gurdjieff thought, but at the same time, he did write his uh, all and everything and hurl it into the future. And I think if that book is really studied uh, and read in the way it should be, that will lead you to a teacher. Hmm.
1: Yeah, the reason I asked the question is because um, you know, uh, people are asleep, as Guruji has said. They can't see themselves very easily. They have many eyes and uh, Different eyes will take control at different times and it's just a it's just a nightmare to try and really um, you know work on yourself alone but in in many respects and I'm sure a lot of people even you can uh, know this that um, it's very it's much e- much more easy for a person uh, to see uh, another person's issues let's say That's right. uh when a single person when one person is in the throes of some kind of an emotional state and i have no you know involvement or uh you know with with that person's uh, state I, I'm, I'm not involved in it, i'm not i'm not um part of it i'm i can very well ideally i could very easily point out where the person's going wrong what was being triggered in them uh et cetera. Et cetera and in that way kind of uh um, you know, provide uh, a mirror essentially uh, to the person.
0: Well, the difficulty I, I, is I, that what what I see in another person is really connected with myself in some way. I'm seeing myself. What if I'm identified <laughs> at all? To to see somebody without identification is to not be in one of your eyes. It's right. to be in the individual. And until that happens, then you're only seeing from one of your eyes that is connected in some way with what you're seeing. And then you get involved with that person trying to change them or they they disagree with uh, what you've said and they point out to you what they see in you. So it doesn't end up as much. No, mm-hmm. uh, really, you need a teacher. You need to be initiated into self-remembering, self-observation. And, uh, one of the things we've done is we've created the of Studies program that for people who are not, uh, where I am, uh, or other, other of my senior students in America, um, all over the world, here's a, here's a study program that you can enter into and, uh, you will be initiated to a degree into the teaching and hopefully, uh, then you will, Begin to come to the seminars and read the books and uh, get into an active uh, stance.
1: Mm. Um, William, we have a a call on the line. If you're okay to to, to, sure. to uh, take a few questions, sure. okay. We ha- we have uh, John P from Seattle. John P, are you there?
0: Uh, yes, I am.
1: Hi, John. Uh, welcome to the show. Go ahead.
0: Welcome. Uh, thank you. Hi, John. Um, hello, hello, Mister Patterson. Um, I have read your works, or some of your works, and I'm reading uh, plan to read more of them. And I wanted to know if you, if you would mind speaking on the role that sea influence plays in awakening. On speaking on the role that what? Uh, that sea C, that sea C influence plays in awakening. Oh. <laughs> Well, Mr. Gurdjieff uh, spoke to Aspinsky about this uh, in Russia in 1916, that there are three basic influences. He said there was uh, C, influence, B, influence, and A. A is uh, what we live in all the time. Uh, it's complete duality, uh, entrancement, fragmentation, and so forth. See, is the influence that comes when you're able to be embodied and sustain that over a period of time, that that changes your Hamblin zone, or it changes your um, emanation. Usually, we are all radiating; we're not emanating. It's only when I give myself my own attention and see what is there recognize my patterns and what have you, get to know myself as a uh, psychology, uh, that I begin to go beyond that. And going beyond that, I come into what he called at that time, C-influence. He never spoke about uh, the influences in that way after the Russian period, but uh, it's coming to Handel and
3: What was that last that bit?
0: It, it's it's coming to a quality of being that he mentions as sign. Mm-hmm. It's an emanation.
2: Yes, that's I recognise that's a term from the All and Everything book mm-hmm. you're describing. Um, yeah, the, you've mentioned a couple of times that. Sorry,
1: is that yeah. caller Johnson? Johnson Johnson Yes, Let's John. Don't Okay. That's answer your question, John, or do you want to um, continue?
0: I've, it's sort of half my question. The other half, I guess, if, they, if, if the emanation—that is the emanation,
4: the transmission—then where is the, uh, the? I'm looking at for the for the reception.
0: The reception has to be with the student, with the other person. That—that oh, okay. that the teacher <coughs> is not there as a person he's there as a consciousness the student is there as a person so he has to open up uh, to the emanation of the teacher and therefore recognize that he's been radiating and what that means and so inevitably come to his own emanation I see. Not something that happens overnight. (laughs) No, not at all. Although it did happen with Ramana Maharshi. He laid down and pretended he was dead. And uh, when he got up, he was awake. So you could try that tonight. And uh, if it doesn't (laughs) work, why don't you get in touch with me?
1: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Okay, John, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Um William, you've talked about the uh, just talking about the origins of Gurdjieff's teachings and where they came from. You you say that they came from Egypt. Um That's right. but um and not the Egypt that we know, not even the Egypt that we know from the history books necessarily. Um but there's also I mean Gurdjieff talks a lot about um all that, I mean he travelled very widely uh, Mesopotamia, Turkey, you know, even over into kind of near Asia, um, mm-hmm. and he talks about the Saramung Brotherhood. And so, I mean, I think the idea is that this is a the body of his teachings came from many different sources, not just Egypt.
0: I'm sorry, I couldn't, right? I couldn't hear you. Say that, say that the that body of his teachings
1: the that the body of his teachings came from many different sources, not just Egypt.
0: No, uh, what happened was that he uh, was in uh, Ani. He found a parchment written uh, in 2500 BC by a monk with the Sarmlung Brotherhood. He went down uh, towards Iraq where they were located and on the way he met an Armenian <coughs> priest who showed him a map of pre-Sand Egypt. Uh, he looked at the map and he broke off his interest in the Sarmong. He went straight to Egypt. He was initiated four times, as he said, in the ancient, uh, the ancient uh, Egyptian mysteries. What did he see on the map of Free Sand Egypt? I believe what he saw was the Sphinx, because that's the first place he went. Most people think the Sphinx dates from about 2700 B.C., but there have been work by geologists and what have you that talk about the, uh, the, uh, the rain over a period of time that the Sphinx shows. So that Gurdjieff, um, then being initiated into the ancient Egyptian mysteries of prehistoric Egypt, not the Egypt we know, that taught a science of being. He had the blueprint uh, for the whole teaching, but he realized over time that parts of the teaching had migrated northward, and so he made a second journey into the Hindu Kush and Tibet and uh, Solomon Islands and other places uh, where he recognized elements of the teaching uh, were existing, and he put them all together and reformulated the teaching for our time. Uh, he took out of he took out of the teaching, if there was uh, at that well perhaps there wasn 't but most of the teachings you get uh, don 't ask for verification, they ask for belief, and what he brought was a teaching of verification. believe nothing, verify everything
1: yeah, well that's that 's very good advice um do you think that ultimately these kind of teachings these Pretty profound, profound, shocking, but ultimately very simple truths, if unsavory, about human nature and human existence. Do you think ultimately they could come from somewhere other than this planet?
0: Well, he said that the origin of the teaching was extraterrestrial. He did? It's been given down to, yes, yes, right. Okay, go on. Right. You see, and
1: um, and what does that mean to you?
0: That means it comes from. I'm sorry, what?
2: Please continue. I didn't hear you. He said off planet. It
0: comes comes from higher powers, higher sources, um, intelligences. You know, Gurdjieff said we did not have a soul, and so not having a soul, when we uh, physically die, we become fertilizer. But if we had really worked on ourselves, uh, we create a keshdan body and then a an emotional body, a mental body, and finally a soul, which is immortal within the solar system. So uh, this teaching is coming from these beings who have become immortal. And right. um, let me okay. say that, you know, that uh, Gurdjieff has Beelzebub coming six times to the planet. Um, Everything happens in sevens. So I would expect Beelzebub to come again. I also would expect Jesus Christ to come again, and Moses and Buddha and all of the great teachers, uh, because that is the situation we're in. I don't expect them to come in the body I expect them to become by vibration so that if you're in the work and you have really practiced self-remembering, self-observation, etc., that you can open to higher um, energies. Then you will get the energies of Beelzebub, Gurdjieff when they come a seventh time as the Christians will get Jesus Christ and so forth and so on. And that is going to save us. That we will be brought as a mass of people, to a much higher level where we recognize war is insane.
1: Right. Um, so that that's a message of hope then for people who are just uh, automatons, blind, mindless automatons.
0: I hope so. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> uh,
1: they, can, they can be kind of forcefully, forcefully awakened uh, from outside, well, against well, their yeah. will even.
0: Well, no, no, no. The the idea is that that you have to be serious in your pursuit of Christianity, Buddhism, the fourth way, what have you. Um, You just can't have one foot in or one foot out or be an esoteric eye and read about chakras and this and that and talk about them, but have never really actually experienced your mental center. Um, It's for people who are serious. And um, by being serious... We will be open to these higher energies and we will be lifted up.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> just, just to go back. No, it's <laughs> fascinating. Just just to go on and clarify something that uh, you you were discussing how Gurdjieff was initiated and okay. then sort of separately or together, I'm not sure, we're discussing how the ultimate source of initiation is uh, divine or higher dimensional, however you want to phrase it. Right. right. Um, in the course of, is there any suggestion that in the course of Gurdjieff's personal initiation that he was in some way divinely inspired or is it rather more mundane than that, that he actually met
1: embodied people who Well, and he, and he worked hard and suffered. Uh, and, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, he was a very, very high being who had been reborn. And his first initiation was on the artillery range in uh, Gumri uh, or Alexandropol was it called, or cars, I'm sorry. And uh, he, he put himself out there uh, when he was about 11 years old uh, because he was in love with a young lady who another friend of his was in love with also. So they decided they would let God decide. And they went out onto the tillery range, and the bombs started uh, coming and exploding. And uh, fortunately, neither of them were hurt. But Gurdjieff says he came to the complete sensation of himself, quote unquote. Now, what he's talking about is to be totally embodied. When you're totally embodied, you begin to see life as it is, not from the point of view of the person, but objectively and he saw that people were uh, in misery suffering what have you and he wondered why you know and he studied the ancient or he studied the um, religion and science of his day and it didn't give him an answer and that's why he decided that the ancient civilizations their wisdom societies might have the answer and that's what eventually took him to Egypt and so He speaks of himself then as a man of being. Uh, He had to find the teaching. Uh, He he had come to the being, but he didn't have the teaching. And the teaching was given to him then in Egypt. And as I say, he reformulated for the West and what have you.
1: Hmm. So it it wasn't so much about a, a bolt of light coming down and illuminating him. But, I mean, there was that experience in cars. Uh, but that was just one of the first experiences. Uh, I mean, he went on and he, uh, I mean, he consciously uh, put himself yeah. in positions where he suffered uh, and suffered for his mission and suffered for his teaching. So, I mean... And he seemed to have a number of near-death experiences. Exactly. So, uh, it's, it seems to me that, um, I mean, life can, ultimately the conditions of life uh, are such that uh, people can learn According to Gurdjieff's teaching, um, people can learn and and maybe even get to the point where they grow a soul, um, but they have to suffer. But it's not just mindless suffering, it's, as Gurdjieff has often said, uh, conscious suffering. So, can you You, maybe describe that? You have to
0: have an aim. You you have to have an aim, right, to awaken. Right. If you have an Mm -hmm. aim to make money, that's not really an aim, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. That leads to nothing. Uh, This is an aim that leads to immortality and intelligence and conscience where you, no matter how you feel about your neighbor, uh, whether he did you wrong or not, you don't want to do anything bad to him because you're doing it to yourself. Conscience, Mm -hmm. we are all one, right? And yet there's this multiplicity, but I have to feel this within myself and sense it and recognize these different centers and know how to work with them and uh, see that I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm not a perfect human being. I'm perfectly imperfect. Can I know that and work with that? And that will mm-hmm. open me up to higher energies so that I will become more intelligent. You know, it's like when well, we've all had the experience, I think, of meeting a person or reading a book and um, say say you meet a person who's a mathematician, and uh, he awakens you to algebra. Wow. Now you know algebra. You didn't know anything about it before. But there you were. You were interested. Well, I think in the same way, with a teach. I mean, algebra has always been there, right? Well, the teaching has always been there. Uh, my intelligence, my energy, my body has always been here. It's how to work with it. And that's what the teaching is about.
1: Hmm. And what do you think about the idea that you know people who aspire to uh, a utopia on this planet and everybody uh, getting along, let's say, and, uh,
0: Rid- ridiculous. <laughs>
1: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. You mean ridiculous in in the theory or the ideas ridiculous, or the potential for it to happen is ridiculous. Because I mean, the, yeah, what? Yeah, well, I mean, the idea that I'm getting at is that uh, that this planet, the conditions on this planet, are perfect for people to evolve. And you get as many kind of goes at evolving through ultimately through life experience, which involves for a lot of people uh, a decent amount of suffering. And it's through suffering that you evolve and that you learn. And that uh, once you have suffered and enough to the point of where you're consciously suffering and you've become aware of yourself and uh, you know uh, eff- effectively become enlightened if we want to use that word um that that's when you kind of move on but that this <laughs> w- that this world <laughs> when
4: you become th- this enlightened world, you, you suffer
0: other people
1: you, su- you, <laughs> you, you what
0: you suffer, suffer other people your, but when you su- when you become quote-unquote enlightened Gurdjieff doesn't use that word but let no. me use it yeah uh, yeah you are done with your own suffering you know mm-hmm. uh, when you when you see that you're psychologically identified you just drop it right but mm-hmm. there are other people that that you have to suffer who are still great believers in themselves right and mm-hmm. it's all egotism self-love and vanity and mm-hmm. so you have to suffer them and right. and that takes uh that takes a new level of suffering. <laughs>
1: but isn't there a point where you would theoretically move off this uh, this level or this realm or this uh, plane to another if, there, if such such exists after you've learned enough or you've experienced enough of what uh, 3D human life has to offer?
0: Well, I haven't done that yet, so it could only be no. speculation for me. Right. Uh, I would assume that that's possible. And there are indications of that, uh, in terms of what Gurdjieff says. Uh but uh my uh experience has only been earthbound and uh mm-hmm. I I like it here. I think it's beautiful. You know, I think uh, we could uh stop uh, going so far with the wars, but other than that, I'm not looking for a utopia. I mean that seems to me to be boring. Mm. And, yeah. and and how do you evolve further? You can only evolve uh through working with negativity.
3: Mhm.
0: Your own inside or other people's.
1: Right. So it's Which is uh why
0: I put I with these people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do it willingly. <laughs>
0: you,
1: <laughs> you invite you invite them into your life, I'm sure, just for You uh, you I sound feel. like you're enjoying it, William.
2: <laughs> you find it very oh, amusing, yeah, well, but then. Uh, <laughs> there, there must be some days where you're like, you know what, get me off this planet.
0: <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I had, I had a no, 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 no. No, I've never felt that way. No, I've never felt that. No, I've been horrified at some of the things that have happened. But I was um, walking once at the Health and Harmony Fair uh, here, and all at once Patterson disappeared. There was only consciousness. There was no you and me. There was only consciousness. Uh, there was consciousness, as they say, without an object. What they mean is that we, we live in subject-object duality, supposedly. So when the me leaves, there's only consciousness, and objects appear and disappear within consciousness, subtle and gross. But there are no objects in the terms that we usually look at a clock, and I'm look at the, looking at the clock, and I know that, and what have you. There is just the clock. So there is this experience that comes. Uh, it's called, I think, uh Samadhi. Uh, it comes and goes. Sahaja uh, Samadhi is where Ramana Maharshi was. He lived it, right? Everybody mm-hmm. was just stepping in and out of his consciousness, Uh, So that is, as I say, the Gurdjieff work moves from the idea of many selves to the self, uh, individual self, to the self, and uh, it's a complete teaching.
2: Yeah, and as Gurdjieff reminded people over and over again, he had direct experience and he wanted others to know it too, that um, the human mind is capable of amazing things. But first That's it right. must understand how its machine is working as it is and so on and so forth. The, we're speaking obviously on the level of what an individual is capable of. I get the sense though that Gurdjieff was, was harried or had an urgency about him, especially when he talks about crossroads, that there are crossroads of civilization. Um, In in the sense that he thought, okay, I've been born at this time. All these things are going on. I urgently want to get something. Well, I I urgently want to see my aim realized. And so he's, he's pushed to do it. I mean, it, in the back of his mind and or very much front and center in his mind is is a part of his awareness. did Did he discover what some researchers today in what is called the school of catastrophism are saying that periodically and within human, the human, the scale of human existence, so within civilizational time periods, that things are more or less wiped out and things go back to zero was Gurdjieff aware of something like that
0: i can't recall uh anything he said that suggested that although he did say that we are in a interval now of human life that uh is without um uh, sustenance uh, I forget how he puts it huh abortive. he he calls it an abortive interval right
3: mm-hmm.
0: now th- this relates to his idea of the octave do yeah. re mi fa so, right so we've come to a an abortive interval there are there are two intervals in the octave one do re mi and shock fa right and then c si, do so the question is are we before Uh, Do-Re-Mi-Fa or Si-Do who knows I would think it's Si-Do because we have come to this incredible technology which is basically the son of man as we are all uh, potentially the sons of God uh, technology is the son of man and it has given us wondrous and incredible powers Uh, we can see going out into space and uh shortening of distances here, and so forth and so on. But the difficulty is that people are giving their lives, uh, their energies, and their attention to technology, right? Uh, Walking down the street. You you know, I was in San Francisco the other day. I couldn't ask anybody where this street was. Everybody was on their little phones. Uh, We're being taken away uh, into technology, and we're going to lose our birthright (coughs) On uh, our potentiality to become souls unless we wake up. And that's why I think uh, the of work is right for this time. This is a teaching for our time because we don't uh, reject technology at all. We think we have to work with it, and we can only work with it by being embodied. And once you're embodied and working with technology, then it's like uh, hitting a nail with a hammer. You're there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Otherwise, you see, yeah. that you're not there. Your, your attention, your attention is in that phone. Your attention is in the computer. You're not there, and your energy too, and your time. And, to, and what do you have when you come out of it? You're a little drained, and you know something about this or that. But what does it matter? What does it matter if you're going to take your last breath? that you know all about what happened in ancient Greece, that you're an authority on ancient Greece, say, it doesn't mean anything. You're going to die. What do you know? The only thing to know is yourself.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... um...
0: (laughs) You you don't sound convinced.
1: (laughs) No, uh, absolutely. But, I mean, it's... uh... We would be kind of uh, take a more multidisciplinary pro- approach in the sense of, you know, uh, learning about history. And I mean, the truth of history uh, is very important as part of uh, uh, part of becoming aware, essentially, because it's not just uh, it's awareness of yourself is very important, but uh, it's vitally important. But I mean, what are you going to do while you're living your life and uh, you're, you're on this planet, you uh, you observe the Uh, The
0: only thing that's important, my friend, is you. You're the only thing that's important to you. Not history, not what went before, not what's going on now outside your door. It's what's going on inside you, your body. Can you see that you're in the formatory mind, that you're always talking to yourself? If you can see that, then perhaps we can relax enough and we go into a deeper mind, the intuitive mind, you see? Mm-hmm. And what does it have to do with history? Who cares about it? How many well, people who want to stay in life in the ordinary way? You know, it has only in the place, se- right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> only...
3: History well, is I important mean, only mean in the
0: sense...
1: <laughs> well, I mean, history... The history I'm talking about maybe is the history that uh, Gurdjieff dug up uh, about uh, the nature of man, these... Uh, in Egypt and and elsewhere, where he where he discovered these uh, these ancient teachings. I mean, there he had to dig into history effectively. He, to, he had to, to turn the that. world upside down practically yeah. to so, get there. Yeah. So I mean, I think a healthy interest in everything that's going on in the world, and uh, in particular what happened in the past and what might happen in the future, can be used to. I'm, I'm to, not interested at to, all. You see? No. I'm
0: not interested at all. It's an abstraction. It's not right here, right now. It's me. I'm everything. To me.
3: Hmm.
0: And well. that takes in you. Then you see, the the uh, me expands out of out of the self-love and vanity, in into being a human being on Earth. All of us together, loving and talking and disagreeing and having good times and bad times and whatever it is, but being there for it. I don't need to know history. I'm interested in history, actually, you know, Sartre, mm-hmm. Heidegger, what have you. But that was all a waste of time. That was just bringing me to being in the body. And I really didn't need that. But I guess I did because I was entranced with the world and my egotism and these people who I mm-hmm. thought knew a lot. And, yeah, well, you uh,
1: you it. You needed to to uh, to do it and just waste your time on it, uh, so that you could realize that you're wasting your time on it, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. So you know, like with Gurdjieff, he was reborn, and at 11 years of age, he came to the complete sensation of himself, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The complete sensation, and sustained that. So uh, then, you see, he he was a, as he calls himself, a compassionate idiot. He felt for other people, and he wanted to help people, and uh, that's why he gave his life to uh, trying to understand uh, human beings and why we did what we did, and so forth and so on, and how we could help them. Mm-hmm. So uh, a man like him, as my teacher said uh, to me, a man like Gurdjieff comes along once in a hundred years, or once in a million years, and I f- first put it off as hyperbole, but the more mm-hmm. I've, I've thought of that. He's a when you look at Gurdjieff in terms of all the different messengers, uh, we probably know more about him than any of the others. Uh, So he doesn't seem much like the Jesus, uh, the sterilized Jesus we know, or Buddha or whatever. But they were all uh, taking human bodies; they all had to have weaknesses, and he certainly had his. But they all had real compassion and wanted to save humanity which is mm-hmm. why it suddenly dawns on me uh this was just a recent recognition that they yes uh they're all they all are coming back but not not in bodily form they're coming back in vibrational form and if we are serious and we're working on ourselves we can open to that and we can be transported then the hanbinding design will be uh, refined to even higher and higher levels. Hmm. So that's what I'm looking uh, for.
1: Yeah, uh, the reason I, I the reason I mentioned it can,
0: can I can I can I enlist you in this? W- would you like? Well, yes. to Join the Gurdjieff Studies Program.
1: <laughs> well, the, well, let me tell you why. The, let me tell you the reason I talked about history is because it's a quote from uh, Gurdjieff himself. It says, he said, In right knowledge, the study of man must proceed on parallel lines with the study of the world, and the study of the world uh-huh. must run parallel with the study of man. So I'm talking here about the study of the world when I, talk, well, when I refer to well, history. Yes,
0: but, but, but the study of the world is a ray of creation. And the study of our world would be uh, world ninety six, the moon world, uh, then world uh, forty eight, the Earth world, then the astral world, and what have you. I don't think he's talking at all about the uh, historical um, men and women. Uh, it doesn't matter. What is what the essence? You see. Of the teaching. Mm. It, now it's wonderful to, to to know about people who have really stood up for something besides themselves. It it gives us a, a strength and a hope and what mm-hmm. have you. But it's not necessary. What mm-hmm. I, what is necessary is me. Knowing me, right. being me, right. authentically.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I agree. Do I find you up uh, there? Yeah. yeah I, I absolutely. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. Uh, what um Gurdjieff used the term you know, the terror of the situation. I know you you gotta work. You're a capitalist. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> Gurdjieff used the term the terror of the situation.
0: The terror of the situation, yes. yes.
1: what yes. what what did he mean by that?
0: <clears throat> that we have all this power and we're not conscious. So we have to mm-hmm. use it in a dualistic manner and what do we see you know today i mean uh other than what we talked about why why is uh democratic capitalism all of these worldwide companies now who are striving to get to the top the alexander macedonian complex right they think if if they become the leading bank or whatever then Mm -hmm. they will control everything, right? And they're driving people uh, into the sand, wiping out the middle class. Uh, We have problems here, obviously, with the blacks and Latinos. Uh, And uh, now the whites are being driven down. Uh, We're coming to a possible revolution in this country. And Gurdjieff said when it happens, it will make the Russian revolution look like kindergarten and it's all because of this money when it happens in money. the U.S. huh Gerzif was Sorry, referring
2: what? there to Gerzif there was referring to when it happens in the US
0: that's right yeah right right, right.
2: when yeah. it happens so it's not a matter of if but when
0: um i you would think, have to be for the, okay for, for the correct word i think he said when but i'm not positive Let's hope he
4: said if.
2: <laughs> well, the, like you mentioned, if you look out at it, what's going on at the moment, um, it's being fairly well contained by the mainstream media in the US. But protests have erupted in upwards of 150 cities and towns over this the issue of this shooting and the cop, and uh, people are angry.
0: Uh, oh,
1: absolutely and they should be
0: absolutely do you know in the town of uh, Ferguson I just read it's 20,000 people on average they each get three tickets f- from police that uh, giving tickets out is the second greatest contributor to the finances of that town so people are being picked up for no reason all the time and given tickets uh, they just wow. have to be black there if they're white they're picked up too Uh, but it it all goes goes back to uh, egotism and some people uh, many people have a lot of energy they're very intelligent and they put it to uh, good work for themselves and nobody else and so they want to be the Wells Fargo of the world or whatever it is I Mm -hmm. mention that because I have stock now in Wells Fargo but anyway (laughs) I (laughs) see I
3: see (laughs)
2: so you're banking on Wells Fargo becoming the banker? Uh huh.
0: Well, you're, well, he- they pay you're hedging interest. your bets. That's yeah. right.
1: You're keeping your options <laughs> open to the last minute, huh? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. But but it really is an Alexander Macedonia complex uh, in terms of uh, capitalism, and also you know you see it with uh, Putin and uh, the Chinese and. It's just, it's a crazy world, but it's interesting. I don't mm-hmm. pay too much attention to it,
1: though. You should pay more attention to it. <laughs> Why? It's I can't do anything G- about it. <laughs> well, you never
0: know. I can't do anything you know? about that.
1: If everybody said that, you know, everybody does say that, then nothing changes, I suppose, right?
0: You well, can't take and, that kind yeah. of an attitude if there was a, a walk in washington uh a walk in washington dc to change this government's thinking about things i would certainly walk sure mm. yeah but in the meantime i'm going to remember myself and observe and try to refine my energies to higher and higher levels
3: mhm yeah
2: um do you think, you said Gurdjieff might have been a one-in-a-million-year event, his coming and his work and his teaching. Right. Do you ever do you ever say, just just in casual reading, do you ever read something and go, God, that sounds really Gurdjieffan? What I'm getting at is the kind of accidental, besides groups like your group and, and others before you and after, and other groups out there, Do you ever find that um, the kind of accidental dispersal of his ideas has made its way through not just popular culture, but also for more serious people who are maybe scientific researchers, psychologists, for example? Because I I occasionally come across something that's maybe a a study reported, a report about a study – psychology, and it's striking how the conclusion these scientists are coming to today in the twenty-first century—they may as well have been reading
1: Gurdjieff. Mm. Yeah, what uh, Neil's talking oh, about. Oh yes. he's, he's talking about um, you know cognitive psychology. Uh, there's um, you know, theory of mind, etc. There's. Uh, Recently, in the past few years, there have been several books published on it about essentially that the human mind is broken down into two systems, system one and system two. And system two, I think, is the uh, – system one is the conscious mind uh, where we basically create narratives for ourselves and tell ourselves things and we have our beliefs about things. But all of that is preformed uh, by, uh, by system two in the background and we have no awareness of it whatsoever. Uh, but it basically it's the director of of our lives and our needs and our desires and what we want, and they are all quite base uh, as most human, uh, rather simplistic uh, emotions and needs are. But we come up with the the, the conscious brain is there to provide all sorts of um, complex and convoluted narratives to justify uh, these needs, you know. And we we've read this a few of these books, and there there is seems to be a kind of a, a I mean, it's not anywhere near as uh, complete or in-depth as what Gurdjieff uh, talked about, but it does seem to, to some extent, from a scientific point of view, validate his, uh, his description of, of humans as essentially mindless machines.
0: Uh, oh, yes, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, I think a few years ago, Atlantic Monthly magazine over here ran an article on the selves, the idea that we're not a self but we're many selves, right? And mm-hmm. um, these ideas are coming into the mainstream, but the problem is what's, what is the basis of, uh, that the ideas uh, float upon? They float upon self-love and vanity. So we just use them to increase our powers over ourselves and other people in an obviously dualistic way. So, when you read that book, and you obviously have uh, read some Gurdjieff books, and you see the connection, um, well, what is the next step? To read another book and see another connection? Or to join the teaching? Enlist.
3: Enlist. Sign right up. <laughs> Sign up today. <laughs>
0: you sound like. No, seriously. What well, up? Now, seriously, when, when I say that, what happens to you?
1: When, when What happens to you, Joe? When, when you say that, what happens to me? Uh, um, um, not much, really. Uh, well, well, something has happened, I, right? Well, the first thing that occurred to me was that it sounded like a, a, an Army recruiter.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. That, uh, that's, that's interpretation, right?
1: Right, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. And with that interpretation, what happened?
1: Well, there's a, a negative connotation.
0: connotation. That? Huh? Yeah, Well, right.
1: there's, an, there's an, a negative connotation right. associated with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, see, it's to know that. It's not wrong or right. It's what happened.
3: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's to know what happens to you. Usually when something happens, we just blow it off completely and go on to the next subject. Mm-hmm. But it's to, it's to know that you have a negative idea about my recruiting you. Now, now why would that be? Let, let's discuss that a little bit. Since you seem to recognize that people are not awake, uh, mm-hmm. does that include you or do you think you're awake?
1: No, absolutely not. No, uh,
0: okay, so No,
1: again. You know, once in a once in a blue moon, maybe catch myself.
0: Right. Okay. But but basically, you are you are not awake in the way we're speaking about being awake. Correct.
1: No, I would not. I would not so, deem to assume such a thing.
0: Right. So then, why? Then then the question is: Forget me uh, uh, playing around with you. Why don't you want to awaken?
3: Well, well, I, d- I do.
0: But when I try to quote, when I say something to you, you take it mm-hmm. as recruitment and negative and push it off.
1: No, I didn't push it off.
0: Well, uh, you weren't recru- you weren't recruited. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, because because but you yourself
2: <laughs> use that term. Who me? No, um, Mr. Patterson. Yeah. Well, <laughs> use the term recruit.
1: No, I, was, I wasn't. I wasn't taken, but I understood. the The thing is, I I was aware of the um, I was aware of the connotation of the military recruitment, but I was also aware of that you're not recruiting for the military, and I, I'm also aware of your work and what you do. So, I mean, I brushed off. What I brushed off was my automatic uh-huh. association, but That's not exactly. the underlying yeah. message, which was that you were uh, putting out the idea that people should, uh, you know, join a group, a Gurdjieffian group. Your own, for example. <laughs> Maybe no, it's no, the I'm only one.
0: You. These other people are an abstraction.
1: Yeah. Well, There right. are our listeners. There's Don't there's call people. them
0: that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there could be nobody listening. You know, we only think there's people listening. So, well, there's only one person who called up. So it's really just me and you, okay? I'm, try- yeah. I'm trying to say, hey, look, this is a teaching of awakening. I know about it. Do you want to awaken? You say mm-hmm. yes, but no. So I'm saying, well, now why no?
2: Well, for my part, um, that would presuppose that you, as a teacher, are awakened.
0: I right. know well, you have that, to find out about that. I mean, I mean, let's ah, let's push that aside for, for for a moment, right? Because what you're doing is you are you are putting in a roadblock here. That you don't have to, therefore, walk down that road, right?
4: But
1: maybe we've already walked down that road, or we're already on that road.
0: Well, I don't know about that. Well, you—you you said you weren't awake. No, what are you? I'm, I'm sorry. What? Are—are are you? Of course. I, I
1: mean, it's—it's a, it's a process.
0: It's a protest.
1: It's a process. A protest yeah i mean you can't just be awake i mean someone who's on a path towards awakening is on a path
0: a process i'm sorry what a it's a process ah, it's a, a
3: process sorry i'm
0: not getting the word okay
3: all right yeah so
1: yeah i'm not i'm not uh i'm not rejecting the idea of awakening what i'm saying is that uh i'm on my own or in my own pro- process of, of awakening, so so therefore uh, I'm not rejecting uh, your offer to 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 start the process. I'm saying I'm, I have already started the process. The process. Right.
0: Do you, I, I, I'm sure you have, but do you know how often I hear this from people in one way or another? I'm always interested in why they say no, and if I really push them. Uh, they will come down to, well, I'm on a journey. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll say process, but people will say I'm on a journey, right?
4: Mm-hmm. And,
0: of course, what I point out to them is who is on a journey? Only an individual I, somebody who's really there, is on a journey. But if mm-hmm. I'm just a thought form, et cetera, I'm not on a journey. So this is why I have patience mm-hmm. and a sense of humor. I'm going to let you go mm-hmm. now. I, I don't I don't want you to be a student.
1: <laughs> no? <laughs> so now you're rejecting me. You've turned the tables. That's
0: right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what else do you want uh, to know about the teaching?
1: Well, I was just going to ask you, how do you know uh, you're awake?
0: Well, I, I gave you an example before, didn't I? Um,
3: Remember...
0: Uh, of at the um, Health and Harmony Festival right. that and Patterson to... totally disappeared but because there was all this work on myself there was a recognition of consciousness but the, the person, Patterson was not there but there was a recognition of it and it's, that's only because of uh, many, many years of self-remembering, self-observation Uh, Mm -hmm. I think we all have these moments of consciousness, but we're not because we are consciousness. We are energy, but we don't have the ability, uh, capability of being aware of something when I am not there. When the person is not there, I'm asleep, but through the work, when I am not there, I'm awake.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the difficulty there, you've described a subjective experience and it was Gurdjieff who said to believe nothing and the, the beauty of this teaching was that you, the seeker, could verify for yourself. In fact, you must verify it for yourself. Um, so even though what you have described, and we've no reason to, to doubt it happened to you as you've described it, um Another person hearing it cannot, just from what you've said, recognize it as being true for them, you know? It's inherently well, well, subjective. Well, of
0: course. Well, uh, of course, they could not verify it because you would have to have the capability to be aware in your consciousness when you weren't a person. Okay. So. I don't. I don't think you probably have heard the, the description of being awake in that way before. Uh, I never have, uh, so I think uh, it's original to me and seems to be objective. Uh, I wasn't there, but I was. But consciousness was. So it's objective, and um, then you come back down into the person. And what does a person have? He has. Subject-object perception, Uh, as I said before, you know, I see the clock. I am seeing the clock. Well, when we really look at our attention, we'll see that we don't have subject-object perception. If we look at our attention, all my attention is taken by the clock or all my attention is taken by me not liking the clock or liking it and back and forth. It's only when there is a divided attention that I'm experiencing me, the body mind, Patterson, as well as the clock. Mm -hmm. So as you do that, uh, you you can verify for yourself, if you're you're really sensitive, that you don't live in subject-object perception that everybody talks about. We're, 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 we're living in either ourselves or we're living in the young lady that just walked by the door. That's where our attention is. So Mm -hmm. if you do that long enough, then when consciousness appears and there's no, uh, me, there can be a recognition of consciousness, which is what we all are. You see, uh,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and, um, right so you see i didn't need any uh i didn't need any history any algebra or anything to have that experience mhm those yeah, things are interesting and they and and they have their secular value and what have you but in terms of the process of awakening no they're extracurricular
1: right uh, William, we have one last call do you mind taking it or sure okay it's uh, alberto v from uh, north california alberto are you there
4: yes i'm here
1: welcome to the show go ahead
4: thank you Uh, i want to say it's been really fascinating hearing the conversation this morning and aspects of it um have almost seemed like hearing a Modern-day Gurdjieff talked to a modern-day Spensky, so thank you both for that. But the question I had was earlier in the show, the guests had spoke about Gurdjieff mentioning 15. Was I incorrect? 15 conscious people that he cited as being alive during his lifetime. So my That's question right. was, um, I believe he also said that if 200 people were to come to consciousness, that in itself could transform the world and. And what the guest had to say about that,
0: uh he didn't say consciousness, he said became individuals uh that appears in fritz peter's book uh, boyhood with uh Gurdjieff. so yes, uh if two hundred, according to him, if two hundred people come to their individuality, we could change the world one one reason would be as he says there and as part of the five Obagonian <clears throat> strivings, he mentions in all and everything, that once you have become an individual, it's your duty to help other people to become individuals also. And yeah. then when those people are brought, it's their duty, and so forth and so on. And in your opinion,
4: uh, have we progressed towards those 200 people? I mean, are we at least getting closer? Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's,
0: it's it's a speculation. It's a hope. Um, but but how would I know? You know. Uh, I do think, as as I was saying, when you look at uh, America, you see in eighteen ninety Vivekananda coming, in nineteen twenty Yogananda, nineteen twenty two Krishnamurti, nineteen twenty four, Gurjif. Then you go to the 50s and you Suzuki Roshi uh, bringing Zen uh, and Maharishi bringing Mantra and um, going up the line. All these people have come here and what they're bringing is true if people really practice it. Uh, The difficulty is uh, most people really don't practice it and they don't. River begin where Gurdjieff begins, which is I'm asleep, right? I'm asleep. I I am hip, you know I'm hypnotized by the mechanical reality, but I may be functionally awake. You know I may be able to do great computer code or whatever it is, but that's not what he's talking about. So um, I think there's a speed up. On all levels, there certainly has been a speed up in terms of all of these wonderful teachers coming with their ideas, and uh, hopefully, uh, we're at the 200-person level. But I don't know.
4: Indeed, thank you. Okay,
1: thanks for your call, Alberto.
4: Thank you. Bye bye.
2: Well, um, oh, we should
0: have. Why didn't we yes? ask him? I mean, why didn't we gone? ask him to join, to become an individual? <laughs> you should to have. get into the process. I forgot. <laughs> oh, you're They're falling down on the job. You're falling down <laughs> right? the job, William. I, I fell got, asleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst time as well. It was money Do you, make? I
0: know. I know. He was open <laughs> right there.
1: Well, you know. Call
0: back, Alberto. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I'm sure he's still listening, so.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs>
2: I guess yeah, you know it's it's good. People are curious, at least, and about are better curious, and that's that's the most anyone can do. You know, they say they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. So, on that note, you know why, William? Be, yeah, go on.
0: Because of imagination, mm-hmm. you can lead the horse to water, but then. He for, he forgets about the water. He's thinking of uh, the mayor next door.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, what was I going to say? No, I remember. We're, we're going to close it off for night. Um, okay. Thank you very much, William.
0: But, but I yep. I didn't do my. It's uh, I've got like twenty five two almost. This is supposed to be two hours.
1: Oh, you want to do? Oh, I mean, okay. You saw,
0: I mean, you owe me another uh, twenty five minutes here.
1: We can give you another twenty-five, <laughs> no problem. We we just thought that because you did the first hour last week, or the yeah. first time that it was just an hour, uh, we, didn't wanna, we didn't want to we didn't want to presume uh, that you would stick around for two this time.
0: Well, that was that was presuming that was you were in the future, was, weren't you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: I mean, here we are in the present, but you're still thinking about the future. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
3: Well let's bring, okay, let's bring I, it back.
0: I I think I think the future is a good good place to leave. <laughs> and yeah? If you promise to invite me back next year.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. No problem.
0: I, I, I will be much less uh recruiting next year, I promise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can trust in that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Very good. Well very we'll good. We'll wait and see. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you very much. I really have appreciated it.
1: Yeah, us too, William. Thanks, a Million. And we will have you back on at some point, hopefully. Okay. All right. Very
0: good.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. Take care of your yourself. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. You bye bye.
2: And just to remind listeners, uh until midnight tonight, Pacific US time, you can get Mr. Patterson's latest book, The Superb Biography slash compendium on George Gurdjieff, The Man the Teaching His Mission and it's 10
1: bucks off until midnight. Uh, yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, I, there was one question I didn't get to ask him there, you know. Um, and it was about wise acreing, Gurdjieff's term, wise acreing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, I just wondered if he's... Uh, I'm sure he's aware of it. But I was wondering if he's any good at it. Well, he probably need to be. If you're going to Maybe. be able to
2: humor all these people, well, yeah. Why
1: suffer all these people? Well, yeah, but I don't. I don't think "wiseacreing" was a, was necessarily a positive term, as Gurdjieff described it. Anyway, um, yeah. So that was William Patrick Patterson. Um, he has done a lot of good work uh, in terms of just researching Gurdjieff's life. We don't know anything about his uh, about his study groups. Um. We don't know anybody who's been part of them. No. <clears throat> um, we don't know how many people are part of them. Um, but obviously, he's, he's out there on the web. Uh, he's easily uh, found. Um, maybe at some point, someone will, will let us know. But maybe you're not allowed to give the inside story. I don't know about these things, uh, whether it's top secret or or not. But um, And of course, we didn't go into it there, but... Uh his, his sincere or I don't know insincere uh, request for to to recruit or for for us to join up. I don't know how that works. Obviously, he's in California. We're very far away from California. There's no. I think you have to be. You would probably have to be in person. I don't think it's a an online study course. Uh, I'm sure. Maybe it is. I don't know if there's much value. I think uh, he was
2: saying there it can be to be online. It can begin online they'll send you stuff by mail and yeah. then encourage some, people to meet some
1: exercises to do etc yeah. etc cetera, et cetera. yeah yeah so uh, but maybe we'll find out at some point if uh, from someone if there's a what the insights group is on it someone who's actually taking part in it and um, because obviously that's that's the other half of what he does he, do, he writes books but he also tries to uh, apply the teachings on a practical level. So mm. um,
2: it's kind of, it's kind of. I was kind of stumped because it's kind of completely goes against how I'm seeing things at the moment. Where I want to know all things about the world. Mm-hmm. I'm intensely curious, mm-hmm. and I have found that growing that curiosity, satisfying it, if you like, has made me. I'm not going to say enlightened but a better person Mm -hmm. in many respects Um, and so I keep up with it I mean mean, uh, there are so many interesting things Gurdjieff said and showed by example Mm -hmm. Um, but you're never quite sure if that's I mean the whole banana you know Gurdjieff had his aim
1: Did did he succeed in it yeah he, I, I think by his own accounts, no, I failed. Yeah, and by his own accounts, yes, he failed. And uh, did he go about it the right way? I mean, obviously, you can't expect so much of, of one person. You can't expect one person to um, uh, to come along and change the world necessarily. It's people who will change the world uh, ultimately or won't change it. Um, and uh, it's what Gurdjieff did was present to the world uh, some very simple uh, fundamental truths real ultimate truths about human existence i mean poignantly and uh you know just profoundly true yeah true and about and in a way that's nature. hard to forget <laughs> in a way that's hard to forget but also the problem with them is that the reason they stick so much is because they're shocking and the reason uh they're simple but they're extremely shocking and they're rejected uh, uh, by most people out of hand because they attack uh, a person's own sense of self, sense of independence, sense of being essentially, you know, uh, because it tells people that they ultimately have no being unless they work for it. And uh, most people are here just to live their lives as...
2: Uh, oh, yeah, well, that
1: <laughs> to tell people you
2: have no souls,
1: yeah. you you might be able to grow on. Yeah. yeah. That just flies in the face of everything they've been led to they've believe. Been told. So the problem is that they've been told before by mainstream religion at least people today have been told that everybody has a soul and if you're good you're going to heaven for someone like Gurdjieff to come along or, uh, and say uh, no you're started you start out from not from the vaunted place of having a soul and being a secure place in uh, behind the pearly gates but rather you start out from nothing essentially and you have to work hard and suffer to uh, and this is one thing that uh, we didn't really get into in the show and Patrick seemed to I don't know if it was that he it wasn't on his mind, or it isn't something he thinks about too much. But suffering uh, is the process by which, uh, according to Gurdjieff, uh a soul can be grown. Not simply, um, you know, following exercises or uh, doing exercises, or I mean, self observation and external consideration and non internal consideration are all just words and they sound like let's do some exercises along the lines of those words, you know, let's follow the exercise for self self observation for external consideration, non-internal consideration. But when you do those it's by implication or by definition, it involves some level of suffering. Yeah. And depending on depending on the situation it can involve a lot of suffering. It literally and, hurts your brain. Yes. And even then life presents situations where you suffer just because you're human because of the conditions of life uh nobody escapes that and it's at that point that then you're meant to apply uh, the kind of self-observation and external consideration and non internal consideration which generally makes can often make the suffering worse in the moment you know um so that is the process uh in theory by which a soul can be grown and um but it it revolves around suffering, and it's not that we're all you know nobody's. I mean, you, you see how mainstream religion has twisted that to the kind of flagellations and wearing those uh, calluses, not calluses, uh, whatever the name is, you know, barbed wire around the the leg and beating yourself with uh, with sticks and stuff. You know, I mean, that seems to me to be a corruption of the idea of suffering to 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 progress yeah. spiritually. When it's uh, that's not the way you go about it. It's I mean, I'll, the more intense suffering is the. Yeah internal suffering, you know, um, going against beliefs, going against uh, well, program desires, going against programs, rewriting programs, rewriting, wiring pathways, yeah. neurological pathways lay, laid down in your brain, very often through suffering when you were a child and trying to rewire those is, is a painful process, you know, and um, I think more needs to be, more should be talked about in that respect. I mean, we talk about it a lot on our forum and on our websites. Um not that we're saying, you know, it's all doom and gloom and you must suffer horribly to get anything, but it's certainly a part of it.
2: People understand it's in the common lexicon, no pain, no gain. Exactly. And if it's like growing a muscle or developing it, then you can apply that analogy to an internal machine that needs to be repaired, fixed and
1: Yeah. Well we have another call on the line here, Mark. More- oh. Uh Mark from Baltimore hi, Mark.
4: Hi, <clears throat> Thank you for taking hi. my call I, I was no problem um, interested in some of the comments you made after Mr. Patterson got off the phone, and also um your question earlier about can you do this sort of with a group of like minded people? Um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I had done t m for many years and then found a group of like minded people, uh and we engaged in discussions of all the words you were just talking about, you know, self observation, inner considering, external con- considering. And mm-hmm. sat around and it gradually came to uh my attention, and it was gradual, that we were going nowhere. Um, right it was just vocabulary. And um I am a student of Mr. Patterson's. And one of the people in that group one day showed me a flyer for a seminar. And um, I went to a seminar, and all of the what I sometimes consider wasted years, the 12 years of meditation, the seven years in this faux group,
3: mm-hmm.
4: allowed me to experience the difference between a real teaching and head chatter. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, uh, I just, it's, you can't put it in words, but you know that you are, if fortunately, for whatever reason, I was open enough to receive to some degree what was being offered. And we all have to deal with the resistance to being as the person sees it, quote, under the thumb of a teacher. But mm-hmm. what is under the thumb doesn't exist, uh, and so we have to observe our resistance, just as I was hearing your resistance um, to what was being offered, and it's a, mm. and, it, and we all go through it all the time, no matter how many years you're in it, and that's part of and and maybe that relates somewhat to the suffering you were speaking of. Um, yeah. we do it consciously, and.
1: Mm. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I agree. I, I'm well aware of the, uh, of that resistance. You know, I've experienced before the resistance to being, uh, under the thumb, as you say, of a, of a teacher, uh, of a, uh, essentially, because I think what, for most people in that situation, what it is, is it's, it's the feeling of giving up your will to another person. Right. But and we don't you have follow right. you're right. If you're you right. Fo- exactly. If you follow the teachings of Gurdjieff, you realize you don't have any will, so you right. should therefore willingly give it up, willingly give it up. But of course it's a struggle because you, you're, everybody's inured with this idea of my will and me and my decisions and my, my, my control over my life. But giving out, giving that up is very difficult, but that's the struggle between yes and no part, partly. And it, it has to be engaged in and it is suffering. And, uh, you know, that's, I, uh, you know, if you want to, I'm not under the thumb, uh, it's not maybe a good term, but I, I do have a teacher and, uh, so I know very well what, uh, Uh, you're talking about and but obviously Mr. Patterson didn't explore enough to find that out you know and maybe we weren't of course coming with that kind of information it wasn't necessary but he was making maybe some assumptions there because I think he understandably maybe thinks that he's the only one uh, really uh, on the planet even organizing at least in the west in an English-speaking world organizing them
4: you should ask him that question I, I, I know he doesn't
1: um, well, if he do- well, if he doesn't, he, he if he doesn't, he maybe shouldn't assume so much that other people aren't uh, following a similar path, you know, <laughs> because he with his okay, jokingly uh, his his sales pitch type of thing, it seemed like he was. Uh, when I when I was a little bit resistant to it, it wasn't that I was was resistant to joining a kind of Gurdjieff group or following the the the, the Gurjiev teachings. It was that I'm already doing so with someone else. So when someone else comes along and apparently tries to poach me away, uh, unaware that I am doing that, that's where the resistance was coming from. You know, and it wasn't even resistance. You know, I understand him very well, and I understand uh, what he's trying to do, and I admire it.
4: Uh, well, okay. Um let me just say this to you: I, People, who, like uh, speaking for myself, who are on the path to being awake, hopefully, don't understand a person who is awake. It's 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 the difference between the objective and the personal. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah. um, what the idea of spreading the teaching is not. Um, something that uh, he does for uh, his portfolio, so to speak. It is, as he sees it, uh, his duty um, mm-hmm. in the most profound way. And uh, obviously, if you were having a private conversation with him and had a discussion about what you were doing, that would have been a factor. You didn't offer mm-hmm. up that that was your reason either. Um, no, no. This is the first we're hearing about, that you have a teacher, so he wouldn't know it. We didn't know it because we were listening to the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: Anyway. No, well, it maybe wasn't the topic either, and we didn't want to get into uh, maybe that discussion. It was really about him and, and what he's doing, you know, so, okay. I mean, it was maybe right. a little bit off topic, you know?
4: Yeah, and and but, but the point is that what you were going through for your reasons, other listeners are going through for their reasons – and they need mm-hmm. to see it, and their reasons may not be that they are in the teaching. Their their reasons may be that the person is reacting ne- negatively, and if they could do what he suggested, that is, mm-hmm. inhabit the body um, and observe the reaction, then they would begin mm-hmm. to see that they are not what they take themselves to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Absolutely. Uh, so that's the opportunity that is there.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely, I agree.
4: Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, thank you for taking my call.
1: No problem, Mark. Thanks for calling. Thanks, David. Bye-bye, Mark. Bye-bye.
4: Bye-bye. Yeah, so, you know, um,
1: I don't know what to say now. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, well, we're well talking about, what I was actually saying before... It's all about Gurdjieff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody else uh, is... Um, you know, getting fixated on uh, you know, a teach a teacher is there to provide direction, but all of the work uh, is done, has to be done, or the vast majority of it has to be done by by the individual. I mean, it's an inner struggle, and uh, you know, as as Williamus himself says, Kozhurjiev is saying, when you die, you die alone. You don't die with anybody else, and that's the ultimate truth about. Uh, uh, unfortunately that's, that's, a, that's not, that's true for people when they're alive, when most people are alive, is that they're alone, ultimately, in a similar way that they're alone when they die, they die alone. And, um, I think, uh, it's a, a valuable, uh, endeavor to try and change that while you're alive, to, to form connections with people, proper connections with people. Um, you know, even getting into the Gurdjieffian talk about, um, Good, in the language of uh, kind of uh, the centers and connecting centers, uh, even connecting chakras to use a uh, a New Age kind of term, you know. But basically, to 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 bond with other people who are of like mind, of like understanding, uh, you know, to form us essentially an esoteric group, a group of people who are bound together by a common understanding, born of uh, usually born of suffering. To one degree or another and the lessons that are learned from that su- suffering and that the lessons that are, that are kind of, you know, imprinted upon you because of the strength of the, mm. of the experience. And, uh, and that's where true knowledge comes from. And that true knowledge can be almost like a physical thing. And particularly if it's shared between, uh, people who are all going in the same direction, essentially. Um, so. But yeah, when we were talking about it before about the terror of the situation, uh, I think William said that the, that the terror of the situation was Gurjev talking about essentially that we're not not awake, but uh, more or less the, the state of, of of your.
2: No, that that specifically said the terror of the situation was that we don't use our powers. Right, we
1: have all this power and we don't use it. Our full potential. Uh, yeah, but I, <laughs> I, it seems to me that.
2: Yeah, that was. wasn't the interpretation
1: I had. No, it wasn't. And I mean, it seems to me that you have to get to the point where you're aware of the power that you have to feel that terror. But, uh, you know, which is can be a long process because most people aren't going to be terrified by the fact that they don't have all this power because they don't realize they have all this power. Um, so, but the way kind of we were looking at the terror of the situation was the terror of the human condition, essentially, that um, people are machines. Yeah, and to wake up to that fact, and, and that is a terrifying proposition. That's why people reject the idea that they are asleep, that they are automatons, because it's such a terrifying concept. I mean, to be told that you're a machine, you have no real control over your over your actions, uh, over your desires, over your life. Ultimately, that you have no free will essentially, uh, because you're not aware, not awake. You're 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 driven by unseen forces or an unseen force within yourself that. Uh, um, you know, uh, may not have your best interests at uh, at heart, essentially. Ultimately. That, that's the internal aspect.
2: The external one is that
3: collectively you, you actually
2: work. wake up one day and go out on the same street you're familiar with. You, you're going to the same place, the store down the road, mm-hmm. and you get this glimpse of, oh, my God. And you see what, you get a glimpse of what is meant by, yeah, everyone around you being machines. Exactly. exactly. Uspensky
1: had that description when he St. Petersburg. Exactly. And so it's not necessarily; it can be achieved. The terrible situation can be, uh, can be seen by uh, going inwards and uh, and realizing that about yourself, getting a glimpse of that uh, automatic yeah. kind of nature. But and, I think and at first it happens. But, it's easier to see it, isn't it? Always. Well, I think Outside. it's a, it's a dual Both. thing in the okay. sense that you you can be aware of it uh, to some extent, get a glimpse of it within yourself the lack of uh, essentially control you have over your over your own impulses and thoughts and actions. Um, but also, you can see it in the world around you. Once you're aware of that concept, it can dawn on you the effect that a whole world full of sleepwalkers is having. You look at the world and you see dead people, <laughs> almost, you know, asleep people. Um, and that can be a terrifying uh thing to see as well and to see ultimately where that is leading uh the world because we're all tied to it right we're on this world and you know the great mass of humanity uh charts the course of humanity itself and of the planet etc and where's it going when everybody's asleep and you're here you're stuck you're on the same boat what are you going to do I mean, that's a terror of the situation as well. And it's in, intrinsically tied to the Gurdjieffian concept, you know. And that then leads us to the idea of uh, it can be helpful to to spend time observing the world, looking at what's going on in the world and reaffirming, reconfirming to yourself that this is really the nature of humanity and that you're a part of it. And it it is mirrored and reflected in, in the things that happen on the planet and that the course it's set on where it's going today, for example. So that's why we say... It's a useful part of the process to pay attention to what's going on in the world today and even seeing what what happened in the past and seeing how history repeats itself and seeing that humanity has always been like this. Just to disabuse yourself of any idea that, you know, it'll all change, Jesus will come and save us or anything like that. No, this has happened over and over and over again. Sleeping humanity has always been asleep. And it has repeatedly led to the collapse, destruction, annihilation of civilizations. And round and round and round you go. And you're a part of it. Is that not scary? Would that not be maybe something that could be used as an impetus to wake up? To engage in a process of attempting to wake up? So that's why uh, uh, we think looking at the history of this planet and the history of humanity is important. But we don't want to rain on Mr. Patterson's parade and he has his ideas about things and we're not going to fight with him over it but uh. it, it,
2: it's strange it's strange that he said you know oh forget, forget history because well, I don't think he really means it or he meant something else but he wasn't quite saying it right why do I say that because his latest book is a fantastic history book it's a history of Gurdjieff and it's a history of the conditions the times there was in what was going on the connections between all the other people. It wasn't, if it was just about Gurdjieff, it wouldn't tell us enough. It, it's fleshed out by, it's not just about me, Gurdjieff, it's about the relationships, the dynamics, the history. It's So it, if, I, mean, I don't know. I to, well, well, nobody, nobody has he, all the he, answers. Say one thing and mean another thing. The bottom or, line is that no one has all the
1: answers. <laughs> and, no. and, I mean, Gurdjieff was, uh, by even William admits he was a very, most likely a very evolved uh, Sold. So, to for anybody to try and claim to understand exactly what he meant or what he what was in his head is you know a bit silly, you know. Uh, but his teachings are there for everybody to analyze and for maybe more evolved people on the planet at the time to interpret in a particular way that would be helpful to to students. And in that sense, uh, uh, William is doing uh, doing a good job, and he's doing a very good job in terms of putting the information together and yeah. m- maintaining. Uh, uh, Gurdjieff's teachings uh, for the world yeah, in terms of it, his books, and
2: he uh, can't be commended enough for that. I mean, it's a it's a service to humanity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, I think we'll leave it there for this week, folks. We've reached the two hour mark. Uh, thanks to our well, thanks first to William uh, for being on for another very interesting discussion on a very interesting topic,
2: <laughs> and thanks also to all his people who helped set up this. oh very nice. Applause. Thank yeah. you Joe. Thanks yeah. also to really our producer, people back in California and elsewhere who helped set up this second interview. Yes, absolutely. To to Patrick's uh, people. A reminder: you can get his latest book um, from his website. I think it's GurjievLegacy dot com. Yeah, Google Ger- Gurjiev Legacy. And we're going to be back next week. Yeah, and,
1: and thanks, thanks to our listeners, of course, our, and our listeners and our chaters and our callers, our oh. callers who came thanks. in with some good questions app people. Yes, and we'll be back next week.
2: Well, we've had guests for the last two week, so I think next week we're going to do some dot connecting.
1: Yes. Next week we're going to sum up what's been going on uh, over the past few weeks that we've been talking to other people. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll probably get on the Ferguson thing. We're already on it on our website, net, but um, and it's been a polemic, to uh, oh, yes. say the least. So we'll be talking a little about that, and I'm sure there'll be other things that'll happen in the over the course of the week that we'll uh, we'll uh, draw on to to bring you all and everything, or connecting the dots. So that is next week. Until then, thanks everyone again, and have a good one. Bye bye.